book of John this morning, John chapter 1. Uh, we're going to be reading there, John chapter 1. We're going to be speaking uh, um, about a certain subject from a few scriptures of John chapter 1. Uh, you know, this morning, as, um, as I look at uh, life, I look and see, before we got married, before me and my wife got married, um, there wasn't much I knew about marriage. But one thing that I had was names, or two names at least, for our children. I remember saying to my wife that, um, listen, when we start to have kids, if God blesses us uh, with the fruit of the womb, um, I've already got two names down. Uh, don't bother talk about made-up names or anything like that. There's two names I have down already. Uh, because something I, I understood was that names are important. Can you say amen in this place? Uh, names are very important. So from, from before, I can't remember how young it, I was when I had the names. I had the names Naomi and Micah. Um, for those of you who know that I, I don't just have two children, I have two more. So we had to kind of pray about the other two also and just get some revelation there. But I had those names because names were important to me. I know what all of my children's names mean. I, I thought about that before I gave them the names. Naomi means pleasant. Micah, it means who is like the Lord or who is like Yahweh. Rebecca means captivating and Benjamin, the son of my right hand. I love it because I know the names and meanings of that because names are important. It's usually the first things we ask when we speak to people. We may say a few things, but when you're introduced to somebody, you ask them their name. When you're learning a new language, it's one of the first things you learn is how to say, what's your name, amongst other things. But I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, What's Your Name, this morning. Because names are very important. We're going to look at that for a few things out of the scripture. John chapter 1, we're going to read here. This is when Jesus was calling his disciples. And we pick up in verse number 35. It says, the next day... John stood with his two or two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, seeing him follow him, and said to him, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. And that was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And watch this in verse number 42. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. What's your name? I want to look firstly at the importance of a name. You see, names are connected to our identity. It's what we use to identify ourselves. It's what we use to bring a, a, a difference between us and somebody else. There is a distinguishing factor and it is our name. But it also comes not just to single us out, but also to give us an, an identity. It was, I read, I read an article in, uh, in, in Indonesia in 1967. The Indonesian government suggested that all people who had Chinese descent or they were Chinese, slash Indonesian, they should change their name to an Indonesian name. 
And they said that because they wanted them to uh, identify with Indonesia and have nothing to do with China. They wanted to kind of push away their identity. So they said, listen, make sure when you come into our country, if you're going to stay here, change your name. Because they understood that a name is to do with more than just, okay, that's not what I'm called. It has an identity associated with it. There's an identity behind it. And I find it interesting what Jesus did when he saw Simon. He said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. That is good. He's stating a fact. But then he said, you shall be called Cephas. Why did Jesus come and change his name like that? He already had a name. Why is he giving him another name? Because names weren't just used to identify people. They were used in conjunction with people's character, how their person is, but also to do with the person's future. So I find it funny when people name names or, or they, they sometimes I've seen people with tattoos with, with Chinese writing on their arms or stuff, have no idea what it means, but they've got something that is identifying themselves. And to understand what's happening here, what Jesus did, we have to understand where it looks like or what it looks like in other parts of the Bible. Now there's a, there's a tool used when studying the Bible called the principle of the first mention. Sometimes it's called the law of the first mention or the rule of first mention. And it says that to understand doctrine, we must find the first place in Scripture and then study that to understand what the doctrine means or what it understands means. So we first see a change of name back in the book of beginnings in Genesis chapter 17, where God is making a covenant with a man called Abraham. And he has no children. He says this in verse number four of Genesis 17. It says, behold, my covenant is with you. And you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abraham, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I'll make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your descendants after you in their generations, from an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. He's given this man a new name. And he also said the same thing to his wife later on in verse number 15. It says, then God said to Abraham, as for your wife Sarai, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. So there we see a change of name is to do with or to signify what is going to happen when God gives people a new name. It's to do with a prophecy that he has for a person. It's to do with what God is going to do in a person's life. And we see this again in Genesis chapter 32. We understand Jacob was born Jacob, but there came a time in his life where we know the story. He was wrestling with God and there came a time where the angel of God or God himself came down and said these words in verse number 26 of Genesis 32. And he said, let me go. The day breaks, but he said, I will not let you go. This is Jacob speaking. I will not let you go until you bless me. So he said, what's your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. 
So we get a better understanding now of what Jesus Christ was doing to this man called Simon. And Simon came and he came with his normal identity. Simon came and said, this is my name. In fact, Jesus stated his name. But what he wanted to do was give him a new identity. And that's what Jesus wants to do with each and every person that comes to him. You may come with come to him with a certain name. You may come to him with a certain identity associated with a certain thing. But Jesus Christ wants to come and give you a new name. Can you say amen in this place? Jesus Christ wants to come and give you a new identity. No longer identifying yourself with the old life. No longer identifying yourself with the world. But Jesus wants to give you a new name. It happened for Peter and it's going to happen for us also. If we look at Revelation 2 and verse number 17, it says to him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat and I will give him a white stone. And on that stone, a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Jesus wants to change your identification. Jesus wants to give you a new start, a new beginning. He wants to change your association. He wants to give you a totally new name. And I find it interesting, the names I see, the names I come across. I see people come with names. I see people come with titles and so on. And I want to break this down a little bit as we look through uh, the types of naming. The type of naming, you can receive a name from other people. Just like Jesus changed Peter's name, people or society wants to change your name also. People want to give you an association People want to give you a new name. I just talked about university students. People come in and for some university students, it may be the first time they're leaving home. It may be the first time they're leaving the security of their mother's and father's house. And when they get to university, there are people around them that want to give them a new name. There are people around them that want to give them a new identification. People want to profile them and want to assign something new that better fits with the narrative of the culture. We see this in Scripture, the king of Babylon in in Daniel. We see in Daniel chapter 1, we see these wise men that come from Judah. They come, they're Hebrew men. And what he wanted to do was change their identity. So look at verse number 6, Daniel chapter 1. The Bible says, Now from among those, the son of Judah, were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To, the, to them, the chief of the units gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Now we understand those three other names. We kind of know them by those names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But that wasn't a name. How people know that? That wasn't their name. That was something that was given to them. And if we understand the meaning of those names, we understand what the king was trying to do. Daniel, it means God is my judge. There's a few Daniels in the house. Can you say amen in this place? God is my judge. That's a serious name. But he gave them a name, Bel to Dejar, which means Bel's prince, some pagan's God. Hananiah means beloved by the Lord. Shadrach means uh, illumined by the sun God. Mishael means who is as God. Meshach means who is like Shaq. Who is Shaq? Come on now. Azariah means the Lord is my help. What a fantastic name to have. They tried to change his name to uh, servant of uh, Nego. 
You see what the king is trying to do here. They came with some serious identification. and They came identifying self with the Lord. And the first thing this king wanted to do was change up their identification. Change up the name. When I call your name, I want to be saying something. When I say your name, I want to be saying something that identifies with my culture. That's why it was important for them to change their name. But how many know they changed their name outside. But when they spoke to each other, they used the same names. Can you say them in this place? They had the same identity identification, identifying themselves with God. And the thing is, you meet people and they have all sorts of crazy names. I'm speaking to young people on outreach. I remember saying, God, this young guy came to him. He's looking kind of rough and, and ready. Looks like a gangster or a wannabe gangster. I said, my bro, what's your name? He says, my name is Killer. <laughs> I'm like, bro, that's not your name, man. Don't identify yourself with that nonsense. I said to his friend, what's your, friend, what's your name? His name is Crazy T. I'm like... <laughs> Come on, people are identifying themselves with these, these names that people are putting on them. And people want to name you. People want to give you a certain name. And, and then what happens is when you receive that name, you start to live up to that identification. You start to live up. You see people in prison with names like that saying, that's my name, I've got to live. You wasn't born that way. You probably got a nice name like Joshua. Come on, can you say amen in this place? You should live up to what your name should be. But when people try and name you, they want to put an identification on you. It is fascinating. Jacob had a wife, Rachel, and uh, she couldn't get pregnant for a while, but then she did. Had a son, Joseph, and then I had another son, but when she had a second son, it was touch and go whether she was going to live her life. The Bible says her soul was departing, and her last breathing words as the child came out was, name the son Ben-Oni, which means son of my sorrow. Thank God we had a man of God that was there to say, listen, I love you, Rachel. God bless you. But this son's going to be called Benjamin, son of my right hand. I'm not going to identify this man with sorrow. I'm not going to identify this so he can live up and live up to pain, live up to issues. Benjamin, son of my right hand. As he grows up, as I call his name every time. That's why I name my last son Benjamin. Every time I call him, son of my right hand. Come on, lift up. If you're feeling down, no, you're the son of my right hand. How many know we should not receive the names of people that are trying to name us? Society is trying to name us when you're receiving a name from other people, receiving a name. You know, there's people that try and uh, 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 give us a name of fanatics, religious fanatics. No, I just love Jesus Christ. I'm not a fanatic. Can you say amen in this place? But people will try and give us that title, give us that name. And then we've all of a sudden got an identification around us. You can receive a name from other people. But I think worse is you can make a name for yourself. Who's ever heard that name, that, that phrase before? We're trying to make a name for ourselves. See, because a name identifies us. Like I said, it associates us. So because of that, it can be linked to a bit of human pride. When we have that outlook on life, it's all about my name. We start to become prideful in life. Have you heard that saying, do you know who I am? <laughs> come on, do, wait, wait, wait. You come to where someone messes with you, and you say, hey, do you know who I am? And you say your name and you're like, no one knows who you are. But you, hey, do you know who I am? 
Because you want to have that name where you mention a name, people know who you are. And it's like, you know, and people want to build their self up, build their name up. We're so concerned with our name being dragged through the mud. Who's ever heard that saying before? They're dragging my name through the mud. We're so concerned with that. And then we do all we can do to use phrases like, I want to clear my name. I want to make sure my name is up there. I want to clear it. Because we're concerned about our name, concerned about putting in a, uh, lights and sparkles of, on our name. You know, there's an interesting account in the book of Genesis uh, where people were concerned about this. Uh, it's in Genesis 11, verse number one. It says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Uh, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found the plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make brick and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick from stone uh, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. And, and watch this phrase it says, Let us make a name, excuse me, let us make a name for ourselves. The Tower of Babel, it was, it was a, there was so much pride, they didn't want to build up a tower, but they said this phrase here, let us make a name for ourselves. Isn't that the plague of mankind today? That people want to make a name for themselves. People want to elevate themselves to put this up there, that when you mention the name, people will know who you are. People want to understand or have this out there. And I should say, hopefully, this is just out there in the world, but how many know this can be in the house of God as well? Sometimes you put a flyer out there, and as a man of God preaching, and, and you know, if you've got one name, it's just in normal font, verse 12, maybe aerial font, verse 12. And then you've got another name, that's font number 25. It's up there. It's written in red and so on like that because it's like there's a hierarchy of name. Put my name up on the top. Put my name up on the beginning because I want people to know that I'm going to be there. Listen, help me know. We shouldn't make a name for ourselves. Can you say amen in this place? When we start to build a name for ourselves, pride can start to set in. Pride can start to build us up. And now it's not about that. Now we're trying to live up to this kind of characteristic of a name that we have. I want to move on to a point about living up to your name. You know, as a family, um, I I believe they were from Zimbabwe. Um, Now... Uh, you know, the Zimbabweans, uh, Nigerians as well, God bless you, you have some fantastic names. Like, <laughs> fantastic names. I met this, this family and they were telling me they, had a, they, was, they wanted a child, they couldn't have it for a while, but then they had a child, came out as a son, and they named him Blessing. I was like, praise God. That's a serious name right there. You can't go wrong with a name like that. Named him Blessing. And after that, uh, they had a second son, uh, and I was like, what did you name him? <laughs> they named him More Blessing. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Come on now. And I know I'm speaking to the people that you know. There's some, I'm sure you guys can tell me some names that people have around there. It's like, wow, that name is serious. And, but what they're trying to do, uh, they're trying to shape this person's future. They're trying to shape this person's identity. And because Jesus said, listen, uh, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas. Uh, this is to do with the, the destiny uh, that God had for this man. He says, right now, you're coming to me as Simon. 
Right now you're coming to me as the one who needs to be heard. That's what Simon means. But I'm going to call you Cephas or Petrus or Peter, which means stone or it means rock. You're going to be solid. You're not going to be wishy-washy any longer. You're going to be something beautiful. I'm going to make you into something. What we have to do when we come to Jesus Christ and he gives us a new name, he gives us a new identity, what we have to do is live up to the identity that he gives us. Can you say amen in this place? Isn't the one thing I love about when we come to Jesus, he does all the work, he brings the change and transformation, but how many know when you come to Jesus, you should not then continue living how you used to live. It should be different. We have this phenomenon in the world, in the Christian world today, where people are trying to identify themselves still like the world. So you see preachers of the gospel, men of God, gold teeth, chains, ripped jeans, earrings in the ear, just looking how they was before. Listen, don't identify with a name that you had because God wants to give you a new name. Come with a new identity. Come with what God wants you to do. Live up to the name of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen in this place? He says, you are named Simon right now, but you shall be called Cephas. As we go on in Scripture, we see Jesus. When you read the Gospels, we see Jesus using the name Simon and Peter interchangeably. Sometimes he calls him Simon. Sometimes he calls him Peter. And when you look at that, if you, if you look at when Jesus calls him Simon, it's like when he's done something stupid. He's like, okay, now you're Simon. Come on. Come on, Simon, bro. Come on. But then sometimes you're trying to encourage him. He's like, Peter, he calls him the rock, he calls him Cephas. Because how me know that old man or that old woman of ours is still trying to come back? That old identity is still trying to come up. You, I don't know, it's fascinating about music. That's why you've got to choose your music wisely. Music has this, and I don't know if I'm, if I know everyone can identify, music has this kind of power that it kind of brings you back to where you used to be. I remember I was getting a haircut and I was just in the barbers and you know sometimes the barbers they play all sorts of stuff and they was playing this song and all of a sudden my mind went straight back to when I was in the club shaking my leg trying to do a little something and my mind goes all sorts of fun and I was like, hey, hey what's happened here? <laughs> this identification of my old me started to come up again and I had to shake it off. Because that identification wants to come and still be identified. You, it still wants to grab you up, still wants to cause you an old thing. You can be walking past a certain place or speaking to certain friends. And all of a sudden, that old you, Simon wants to come back out. Come on now. Simon wants to come back out. We need to live up to the name that Jesus has given us. We need to live up to that name. And how many know when Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, he lived up to the name where he could speak and thousands of people gave their, name, gave their life to Jesus Christ. When we're filled with the Spirit, we're able to live up to the name that Jesus Christ gives us. We're able to live up to the name. And Jesus, God gives us all sorts of names. He calls us sons. He calls us daughters. He says we are a royal priesthood. He says we are heirs to the throne. We should live up to what God has set for us. We should not be living towards Simon, listen, it's important how you address yourself. Some people uh, receive a name from other people and they start to call themselves that as well. I'm a failure. I'm this. I'm that. I'm shy. I'm timid. I'm that. I'm that. Listen, don't call yourself Simon. Jesus has come and changed your name. 
Call your name by what Jesus has called you. Act at how Jesus has called you because when you do that, when you live up to the name, you live up to the destiny that God has called you. I love the fact that God called him Abraham. God called Abraham, Abraham, which means a father of many nations. And that's exactly what happened. When he received the name Abraham, he became the father of many nations. Listen, Jacob, he changed it to Israel, the one who struggles with God and, and prevailed. And that's it. We still have a, a, a country named after that man today because he received that name. Listen, some of us need to receive the name that Jesus has placed on our lives. And when we do that, destiny will unfold. You would be the man or the woman that God has called you to be. No longer believing what the world has called you. No longer believing what the enemy is calling you. Not identifying with your old self, but living this new self with a new name. Don't give your life to the old identity of Simon, but give your life to Jesus Christ. Can you say amen in this place? Names are very, very important. And it means a lot. I read to you already in Revelations chapter 2, verse number 17. It says, I will give him a white stone and on the stone a new name. You know, right now, the Bible says, as Paul the Apostle says, right now we see dimly as if we're looking through a, a piece of glass. It's not very clear. But when we get there, oh, when we step across the threshold, when we recognize uh, uh, what Jesus, the fullness of what Jesus actually done, done for us, and we recognize the name he has now given us, oh, we would be privileged to even bear that name privileged to have the name that he would give us. We don't deserve that. That's why I find it uh, interesting, you know, um, when people get married, uh, they want to, uh, you know, keep the name. I think it's a great tradition uh, that when people get married, uh, the names become one. So it comes as an identification. I find it fantastic um, that when me and my wife got married, um, now uh, she was Davis, I, I am Dua. We get married, we're all Dua. Can you say amen in this place? Um, we're all do is and it is that it is that joining and is that union and I, I liken it to the union because we understand that marriage is likened to the union of Jesus Christ and the church that Jesus Christ is the bridegroom and we are the bride and when fulfillment happens we're going to take on his name and they're no longer going to have our name we're going to have the name of Jesus Christ can you say in this place I'm part of the family of Jesus Christ because when it comes to the marriage supper of the Lamb we can come and we have the same name we have the the same name, we have the same household, we all of a sudden become heirs to the throne because we have changed our name. He's going to give us a, a new name, a new identification. Listen, when we walk out of this place today, we can walk out with our heads held higher because we can have our, our identification with Jesus Christ and no longer with the world. And how many know that's a fantastic name to be identified with? Can you say amen in this place? Come on, I identify myself with Jesus Christ. I belong, I associate myself with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We have a new name. We don't have to be called Simon any longer. Can you say amen in this place? And the only thing we have to do, the calling we have to do is live up to the name. Each and every day, live up to the name. Every decision we've got to make when we wake up, live up to the name. Whenever we uh, leave our household, 
live up to the name. We come back to the household by the grace of God, live up to the name. And as we do that, we will then become heirs of the throne of Jesus Christ. Names are important. So the question I want to leave you is, what's your name this morning? Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. What's your name this morning?